0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Freaking first
1: cut. Golly!
0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and it's time to DFS Preview.
1: The Rocket Mortgage Sia here. is here. Sia, welcome in. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad day for me. I found out that I am the least talented person in my household. Stay tuned for that. And seemingly by far, it's not Uh, close. Yeah, I don't
0: think it's remotely close. We'll uh, reveal why that is at the end of the show. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to see you.
2: Good to see you, too. See, um, the biggest surprise coming out of that is that you just found out today. Uh, (laughs) I can't wait to
0: I can't wait to get into that more. (laughs) Well done, Greg. Greg's been on fire recently. Uh, Gentlemen, before like before I forget. The one and done link is now in the description. So the fans out there who need to go and cast their vote before the mega preview pod on Tuesday, that option is now available to you. So go on, vote, make sure you do your best to try to track down Mark at the top of the leaderboard as we sprint to the finish line with the last couple of events here this season. Link is in the description. We're going live Tuesday morning, so make sure you get your votes in by then. See uh, uh this is like a low-key my favorite field of the year. It's got a couple of like stars at the top and then all the scrubs that I bet every single week
1: fill out <laughs> the rest of the field. Yeah, no, I think this is a very interesting field. I I totally agree with you. There's there's plenty to like throughout all the ranges. And honestly, even when you say scrubs, like even in that 6K range, I think there are some guys that are super viable here. So I think this is going to be a really interesting tournament because it's one of those tournaments where different types of games can survive. It's one of those tournaments where a guy that's, you know, maybe a long shot can can be there on Sunday afternoon contending. So, that makes it a little difficult from a DFS standpoint, but again, it just kind of brings up those if you want to call them scrubs or those lower end players to be viable in your DFS lineups.
0: All the losers that I bet every single week uh, is who I'm referring to. Producer Troy, if you could share my screen, that'd be splendid. Uh, My website, rickrungood.com. And Greg, we're going to Detroit Golf Club. This is another one of those events. This debuted at the same time the 3M Open did. So basically, we've got... The three years of data going back to 2019 and this golf course, um, it's going to allow you to do basically anything you want off the tee, right? This is this is where Bryson literally broke shot link a couple of years ago.
2: Yes. uh, Bryson bashed it all over the place. Uh, Cam Davis also extremely long off the tee. And and there were a number of long hitters last year in particular um, that that did really well. But I found something rather interesting. I was going through my, you know, looking at the guys who finished in the top 10 in all three years. And like Sia said, there's a number of different styles in there when you look at what they did entering the week. Uh, which is what I like to do on a week-to-week basis. But I found something that was really interesting. I don't think this happens very often. Um, it, everybody in the top five last year had four straight, uh, four straight events, or four of five events where they gained strokes putting. Um, many of them had some good recent uh, approach as well. I'd say three of the three out of the top five. And then if you look um, in 2020. It, it was kind of amazing. Bryson was coming off a of five straight gaining on the greens. Wolf, four or five put in. Um, Kevin Kisner, who's a great putter, didn't really qualify. Ryan Armour had gained in the last two put in. Adam Hadwin, the last five put in. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, the last three put in. Danny Willett, four or five put in. McNeely, five of six putting Merritt, six putting Simpson, five of seven putting and Straka two or three putting. So like, it's like every single player that was in the top 10 was coming in, in really good recent form in strokes game putting. And I think it's interesting that on your model there, Rick, you see um, putting seems to be the strongest area, right? You see the six there. So that, that's the, that's the strongest of them all. Um, and then I think when you look really near the top, there's also there is an advantage for distance. Uh, um, so I, I like distance and I like guys who are who are recently putting the ball well based on three years of data.
0: Yeah. And uh, distance is certainly an advantage as it is everywhere. There's not a, a lot of trouble you can get in off the tee. But because the course is only like seventy three hundred yards as a par seventy two, C it doesn't rule out. The Kevin Kisner's of the world, right? Kisner's got a great track record around here. There's a couple of other guys who certainly would not categorize as bombers. So it's not the
1: only path to the top of, of the leaderboard. And that's the thing. When you look at previous tournaments and you look at the winners, you got to be really careful there because you want to look maybe top five, top 10, top 15, and see who else contended to play. And, And it's guys like Kevin Kisner. And there's honestly a bunch of short hitters over the last three years that have been in that top if you go back and look so again the 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 distance is going to be an advantage for everybody who has it but this is not one of those tournaments where you should be ruling out because frankly going back to Greg's putting stat I do think I'm going to be looking at putting more than than almost any other tournament and I think that is a an equalizer to some degree for for those shorter hitters who might not have the you know they obviously don't have the distance but they have the putting acumen
2: yeah, it it really is amazing. You look at the guys in the top 10 and you think of, well, Bryson and Cam Davis, you think of distance, but you look in 2019, Lashley's not long. Uh, you have Rory Sabatini and Ted Potter, Patrick Reed, Brant Snedeker, Brian Stewart. Um, it goes on. I mean, Kisner and Wolf and the, the list goes on and on of guys who have finished in the top 10 here. Troy Merritt, who... Who are not long hitters at all. So I I think it can be a separator, and I think it's likely that the winner this week is long. But it, for DFS purposes, it's you, you don't. There's no need to fill your lineup with bombers. Um, you you may have a couple if you like some of the top end guys who you really think could win. You might put them in there, but I, I don't think it's a mandate.
0: Uh, you want to get nerdy here for a second? So- oh yeah. There is something called standard deviation of terrain change, which basically just determines how flat or not flat a golf course is. The standard deviation of terrain change at Detroit Golf Club is 2.18 feet, making it the flattest course on the PGA Tour. Maybe Tiger should play here.
2: Ooh. Hashtag 83. Ooh
0: easy walk right that,
2: that's right
0: so for example wow so that's stats.
2: that's even flatter than like florida golf courses flattest f- <laughs> flattest on tour greg no, nothing it's amazing is i um, mean i know there's not hills but you're talking about pga national tpc sawgrass i mean those play
0: they're at sea level t to green. it's um, that that's an amazing stat so here's here's kind of the example. The highest point at Augusta National is uh, 318 feet and the lowest point is 170 feet. So that's 148 feet of change. The elevation change at Detroit Golf Club from its highest to its lowest point is only 43 feet. It's just wow. Very, just very, very flat.
2: That, that's uh, it's shocking. Yeah, Augusta National is I guess the that difference is the height of Niagara Falls. Um, so it's a it's a very
0: severe drop. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. you know, it doesn't sound like that much, right? When you're like, oh, it's uh, it's only 148 feet, but that is <laughs> when you consider that's how high uh, Niagara Falls is. Yeah, that's that's pretty large. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. This concludes the uh, terrain portion of the show. <laughs> yeah, we usually uh, save this for uh, the end of the show. <laughs> I All right, got we, lucky. We got lucky. We will uh, dive into the player pool. We'll go pricing tier by pricing tier to find the best and probably the worst plays as well. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Four golfers over $10,000. Patrick Cantlay, 10-7. Tony Finau, 10-6. Will Zalatoris, ten four. Cam Young, $10,100. Sia, we have a relatively cheap golfer at the top. We have not crossed in to the $11,000 mark this week, something we also saw last week. So how do we take that into account when also looking at four golfers who have played this event a combined two times?
1: Well, clearly we have value here, just like we did last week at, the, at the, in the top tier. So, I mean, anytime you're getting the best golfer, one of the best golfers at at or the highest price golfer at 10.7 or 10.6, you're 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 in pretty good shape to have uh, or at least to consider the fact that it's it's somewhat soft pricing up top. All these guys are really good. I mean, there's three guys I, I had in mind kind of coming into this show and I'm starting to change my mind on one. So I'm curious to see where you guys are at. I'll start with Patrick Cantley though. Uh, I, I just, I really like Patrick Cantley, especially in light of Greg stat with the putting because, oh, by the yeah. way, He's gained over the last five tournaments, which I think was sort of a benchmark uh, stat for Greg at the beginning of this show. He's gained between three and s- seven strokes putting over the last five. I mean, it's it that is those are huge putting scores. So clearly he's checking that box. Um, you know, the, the ball striking is pretty good. Uh, he's six in the FedEx Cup points. And and for Cantley in particular, I always sort of keep that in mind because I definitely think towards the end of the season, he just kind of shows up and all of a sudden is in the top five in the FedEx Cup points. You're like, oh, where did that come from? So Patrick Cantley is the one guy I I probably like the most. And I'm debating between Cameron Young and Tony Finau for for the second guy in. Tony Finau rates out really really well way better than the the other three guys in my model but i do like cameron young's birdie potential I, i just do like his scoring potential um he has lost with the putter in seven out of the last 10 if you narrow that he's gained in three out of the last five so it's just a matter of how far back you want the stat to go the putter can fail him which worries me especially in light of what greg talked about on the front end of the show but i do know he can score and that's also something i want to keep in mind
0: yeah, Greg, The I imagine Cam Young as the cheapest of the $10,000 guys coming off the runner-up finish at the Open Championship with what we know about his game. He's going to be very popular. It's going to be well-deserved because uh, if you could mock up a golf course for Cam Young, it'd probably look a lot like Detroit Golf Club. Um, how do you start to assess this $10,000 tier? Uh,
2: well, I love Patrick Cantlay. Um, as Sia pointed out, I really I would not be surprised at all if in back-to-back weeks, the highest-priced player in the DFS pool won. Um, I, I kind of think we're setting up for that. Um, so I, I'm extremely high on Patrick Cantlay. He's very fairly priced and well worth it. Um, and then I, I would put Cam Young as my second, probably. Um, I, I, though I do like Fino, too. I, I guess the one guy that I would rule out would be Will Zalatoris, sadly. And the only reason for that, um, in in my mind, is he plays great at very difficult venues, very difficult setups. We talk about this heading into every single major championship, but for some reason, when he gets on, you know, a golf course like the Charles Schwab, the AT and T Byron Nelson. Um, you got to go back a ways to getting, uh, you know, some, some other easier ones, but the, the Shriners is another example. He has a tendency of kind of underperforming. And, and I, I just, for some reason, I don't feel like his attributes are rewarded in this style of golf where you got to go make a whole bunch of birdies. And I think his miscut risk is just a little bit higher than the rest. So I'd I'd be out on him. I'd be fine with Now I, I think Cam Young has a winning potential and you're, you wouldn't be wrong to just play him every single week um, and, and see what you get out of him. So look, uh, th- this is kind of a, a judgment call. I, I would, I will say um, firmly that Patrick Cantlay is my, top player, um, but I do find it interesting on the on the Fina campaign. He's having his best tee to green year. He's having his best strokes gain approach year. Um, he's having his second best off the tee year uh, and his best third round three and his best round four scoring average, which is a big deal for Tony. So is Tony going to win back-to-back events? I I don't think so, because I think is (laughs) going (laughs) to win.
0: Yeah, Will Zalatoris. I kind of made the argument that he might on raw talent, like top 10 this thing, but it's arguably one of the worst courses for him. It just it just does not it does not magnify his strengths. It doesn't exploit any weaknesses or anything like that, but it doesn't magnify his strengths.
2: Right. And, and I just, I think it's a tough, I think it's a tough spot for him. Um, Again, he could, he could come out and catch fire and win. I just, I haven't seen him catch fire with the putter the way you kind of need to here um, in a, in a non-major.
0: So, Sia, uh, the four guys at the top: Cantlay, like, Finau, Zalatoris, Young. I assume Young will be quite popular. I imagine there will be some Finau love as well, coming off the win, and he's been playing phenomenal. I mean, what is what do we think? Or you know, early on a Monday, that this ownership ownership
1: starts to shape up like uh, for these four guys. I don't think anybody's going to pop way ahead of anybody else, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be pretty flat up here. I, I could see sort of as, as the days go by, Will Zalatoris falling well behind the other three, but there are such good arguments for Patrick Cantley and Cameron Young and Tony Finau that I think people are just going to buy into it. And therefore, I think all of them are going to be separated by maybe three or four percentage points. And I think a lot of people, you know, I, I built a lineup that had one of these guys and then somebody in the 9K range. I think some people might try to grab two and just see what they can do with their lineup from there. But I don't think there's going to be – let's put it this way. I don't think there will be a reason to fade any of these guys for ownership purposes. Uh,
0: very good. We'll go down to the nine K range before we do that. Matt vice asks in the chat, the real burning question we've been waiting all year for who will win the three, one, three challenge, which Greg, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is, uh, if it three, one, three is the the scores you have to make on a, on a three hole stretch, which I think is Eagle ace birdie and then if you do that they donate like a million bucks to something that's got to be the most unachievable the most unachievable uh challenge that we have
2: yeah it's like a it's like a parlay um and that's a 313 that's the area the detroit area code
0: correct yes
2: okay so that makes sense so you got to go eagle hole in one birdie yeah i'm gonna say nobody
0: right it might be and it might be in that other it might be birdie Ace, Eagle. It's like something like that. And I'm like, there's just there's just no shit. So
2: you, you gotta go
0: Eagle Eagle with the birdie on the other side of it. Yeah, no big deal. No, no big deal at all. Not um, the 9K range sia Max homa Cam Davis, Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley, Kevin Kisner. That's it. Five guys here starting to get into
1: some uh interesting options, including our defending champion. What do you see? I like our defending champion. I also like Max Homa, and I'm considering Keegan Bradley, although I think he might be on the outside looking in once I actually finalize my lineups on Wednesday night. Max Homa, well, I guess we can start with Cam Davis. Um, Obviously, he's been striking it incredibly well. He won last year. Uh, He crushes it in all the scoring stats. If you're looking at, you know, opportunities or just straight-up DraftKings points, birdies, birdie average, whatever you're looking at, Cam Davis is going to crush it there. And I think that's certainly something you can look at here. Um, Last, let's see, last 24 rounds, he's top 10 opportunities gained, birdies, DK points. Uh, There's not an argument really to make against Cam Davis, given his history here and his recent history and the manner in which he can score. So I really like him max home is a guy that's interesting i wonder if the ownership is going to be muted a little bit on on him just because across the pond he, he wasn't super great scottish open open championship uh he he wasn't good there but he still rates out really well he's top 15 last 24 rounds in this field off the tee approach putting birdies draft kings points so he's still that guy he just didn't have a great trip overseas. So I think I'm hoping ownership is maybe just a touchdown because if I'm comparing Max Homa to Cam Davis and if somehow Cam Davis is, you know, five or six percentage points more than Max Homa, which I don't necessarily think is going to be the case, I'll take Max Homa in that case every time, no matter the what I just said about Cam Davis. Cause I think Max Homa, if you just take out course history and recent history and you just look at this year, I think Max Homa is the better golfer than Cam Davis. And for 200 more, uh, I think that's... I think that's a very fair price on both of them, but especially Max Homa. Uh, Max Homa, T-16 at the Scottish Open, missed the cut
0: at the Open Championship, obviously played with Tiger and uh, I guess got caught up in, in the Tiger wake there. Okay, Greg, um, this small range in the 9K range presents some interesting options. A couple guys we haven't talked about yet. Like, How, how would you start to, to rank these guys out?
2: Well, I definitely agree with Sia on on Max Holman and Cam Davis. Um, I, I think, I mean, Cam Davis just this week, he checks every single box. Um, obviously, with the win last year, he understands the golf course. and He's been playing extremely well. He's been driving it great. He's long. Um, it's seven of his last eight, he's gained strokes putting, but not too much where he's like really leaning on the putter. Uh, so it's just been high quality at 10 of his last 11 approaching the green. I mean, he's playing really good golf and he's a really solid play. Um, and, and Max Holma can absolutely write the ship in a week like this. And he has a tied 25th finish here as well. So, uh, and, and I think this year he's a different player than, He wasn't either the last two years as good as he was. So, I mean, look look at how well he's hit the ball here. I guess he likes flat lies. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: um, So I think he's going to be fine. But the the guy that kind of jumps out to me, who I think is really worth a look, that doesn't necessarily check all the boxes is Kisner. Um, Kisner was tied 21st at the open tied six at the travelers. You have some really good recent form. You have some really good tournament form as well, uh, with the tied eighth last year and a, a third the year before that. So I, I think he likes the golf course. And while there was a streak of five, uh, six events in a row where he, he basically lost strokes putting, he's, he's picked up strokes at, uh, at least two. Two strokes, basically three, in his last two events. So I I think Kisner is a really solid play here this week. Um, I'd be curious to know to see if people are attracted to his recent form and kind of migrate to him for ownership. But he seems like the shortest hitter in this in this class, Um, and I'm wondering if that's going to keep some people away because I'm definitely interested.
0: Yeah, this is. I'm just skimming through. This looks like it's the most expensive he's been since. The 2020 american express so i don't know if people are going to be willing to kind of you know, bite the bullet on 91, $9,100, $9,100 for Kisner. But I I agree with you, Greg, you know, he had this little mini slump four missed cuts in a row bounces out of it with a good finish at the travelers in the open championship. You combine it with what he's done here and what he's done this time of year, right? Like this is the stretch. This is the stretch for Kisner, right? He's played well here. He's played well. And he's going to defend at the Wyndham next week. He's going to try to make a run at this thing. Like it's, it's a decent time to buy.
2: Yeah, I I agree. And so, uh, Sia, do you think what do you think about ownership for kids? Do you think it's going to be high?
1: I think it'll be middle of the road. I mean, if if yes. the thing is, I think people will want to pivot down off of Kisner too, and we're going to get to this to Denny, to Maverick Neely, maybe Sahith and Davis. So I think a lot of, I think he's just going to catch some runoff, and people are just going to end up pivoting off of him. I think it'll be, it won't be a high percentage in my opinion, but it'll be kind of middle of the road. Okay, why is Adam Scott playing here? Is this the one every
0: four years I got an add an add an event thing? Yeah, it could be. He's got his last four stars. Three of them are majors. One's the memorial. (laughs) Um, He only plays these like just Jack. I mean, here's open championship, U.S. Open Memorial PGA played the Byron Nelson, but that was like a 313. Oh, 313, 313 uh, strength of field. and
2: and the week before the week before the pga right maybe he wants to get sharp
0: there you go match play masters players api genesis phoenix i mean that's like the top 10 events on the schedule and he's like oh i'll head to detroit and play the rocket more this is out of character for him
2: very interesting uh do you like him Because I don't, yeah, I don't either. (laughs)
0: Um, No, I mean. I mean, I like him as a person. Of course. Seems like a great guy. I just like this stat profile does very little for me. Um, It's just he is very inconsistent. You know, he can lose you for or gain you 3 with the driver. He can gain you 8 or lose you 5 on approach. He can hemorrhage 7 around the green or gain you 3. I mean it's just it's all over the place. And that that to me is is never really a a great sign and then you have no history here and no another and and other guys I like in at a similar price I just
2: right I uh, yeah on either side of the draw right you pay up for a, yeah. a Davis or a Homa, you pay down for a Danny McNeely or a Kisner or something maybe even a key Keegan could be a good pivot off of Adam Scott too
0: yeah
1: see were you gonna make the case for Keegan did I miss that I was going to I, I the, first of all He didn't do very well across the pond either. So maybe that'll keep ownership a little bit down on him. I looked at your weighted strokes gain uh statistics on rickrungood.com he's doing pretty well there last 24 rounds he's inside the top 10 Uh, around the green is what what has tripped him up and that's not going to affect him here if it does he's obviously in trouble so I, i do kind of like keegan i don't think he's going to be super popular because of some of those other guys in the 9k range so again i'm sort of on the fence but i'm willing to play him especially if he's going to be low owned i just don't know if that's going to be the case
2: you know, what's also interesting about him. Um, you mentioned he didn't have a good trip across the pond and he lost. he he didn't putt well at all, but you're talking about uh, four or five events before that mm-hmm. he had gained strokes putting in the States and you know, what kind of ball striker he is. So I, uh, you know, the, the trip to Scotland and the putting it's such a different experience. Remember Sung J M lost over 10 strokes putting at the open, came back the very next week uh, and led the field after the first round. Uh, and I think he had a pretty good week. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think he had a pretty good week overall putting. So it's a, it's just a different experience over there.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see what he did. Now I'm curious. He, yeah, gained four strokes putting basically last week. Stroke around. That'll do the job. Right. So after uh, losing ten, <laughs> yeah, we knew we knew it was coming back. We didn't know by how much, but basically yeah. fourteen shots difference uh, with the putter from from the Open Championship to the three M Open. Okay, gents, we'll continue here. We'll go down to the eights. We'll go down to the sevens. We'll find some value down in the six K range. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
1: Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrified. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? What's your name? Bob Marley one love. Rated PG thirteen. Now streaming on Paramount plus.
0: Paramount plus and the National Park Foundation present a mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good.
2: Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount plus. So yes you can literally stream a stream paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation
0: and we're back ak range getting a little bit wider this week it's denny maverick sahith davis riley cam tringali then we round it out with adam hadwin webb simpson russell henley gary woodland and mark hubbard uh see these are the guys i always bet the, uh, the McNeely, yeah. Tagala, Riley uh, trio. Yeah, uh, I'll spend some more money on those guys, I imagine.
1: And all of those guys are very much in play. In fact, you you just named three out of the four guys that, that I like in this range, some more than others, and I'll get to that in a second. I really don't like the bottom of this range at all, and, and I don't think we're going to get – we'll, we'll have to wait and see if we're going to get an ownership discount on any of those guys in the low 8K range. But if not, none of them are playable to me. Uh, at the top – okay, I want to start with Denny McCarthy. He's a really, really interesting one. If we're going to talk about putting and having a hot putter, we know Denny McCarthy, and I hate to jinx the guy, but he literally does it every tournament. Yes, the last 16 tournaments in a row, he's okay. gained with the putter, okay. and I'm sure he lost with the putter right before that. So I stopped counting, but I'm sure right before yeah, this that, the
2: Sony, the Sony Open.
1: There you go. Right before that, I'm sure he was started to gain with the putter again. So th- again, that's 16 tournaments in a row and he's gaining in a significant way. Now, if you look at the off the tee stuff and the approach stuff, it doesn't look great for him. It's not a disaster, but it doesn't look great. But as you might expect with that type of putter, it's an equalizer, which is why in DraftKings points, which is why in birdies, he's rating out really well right around 20th in this field, last 24 rounds. So again, we, in this on this particular course, we can't discount... The putter, in fact, we should be sort of bold facing it a little bit more than most of the tournaments. So, I like Denny quite a bit. The other guys I like in this range, uh, Sahith, I'm definitely considering. He has been a little wayward with the putter. If you look at him in models, it's not going to look good because there have been two tournaments of his last three where he's kind of lost significantly, but he has gained with the putter in four of the last six. So, again, just about what sample size you're going to be agreeable with. I think Davis Riley is fine, I think Maverick McNeely is really interesting. Um, but I think Denny. And Sahith are probably my favorite up here.
0: Greg, I was thinking about you the other other night, last night. I hope it was good. Oh, of course. So here's what I was thinking. Uh, I was tracking Matt McNeely. I had some sizable investments on him. And I saw that he missed a three and a half foot putt for par on the 71st hole last week. And then he made a nine, a quad on number 18. And that's five shots in two holes. And I was thinking to myself, if he just played those at even par, that T49 would have been, I think, a T24. And then I was thinking of you where you always say like, okay, you know, if you added like if he won this week, we would say this was coming. Right. Where T eight, T sixteen, T nine, T forty nine win. We'd be like, yeah, we saw that coming. And I was thinking, what well, how much differently would I feel if it said T twenty four here instead of T forty nine? And it was four straight top twenty-five finishes going back to a place that he's had great success at.
1: Yeah, Can I I just interrupt real quick because it just made me think of one and done and Cameron Davis too because Cameron Davis was was really good this last week at the 3M Open. There were just a couple holes that tripped him up, just like the 18th – well, it tripped up a lot of people, of course, but including Maverick McNeely. My point is at this course – without sort of the landmines that you have, the the guys that were scoring for a majority and doing really well for a majority of the tournament and just had one or two bad holes, it's very likely they're going to be kind of relieved to come to this course because they're going to keep scoring, but they're not going to have the landmines. And that's why I think guys like Maverick McNeely and Cameron Davis have a real shot to win this week. Sorry to interrupt you, Greg.
2: No, it's it's a point well taken, but this is exactly why it's so hard to pick golfers in just the spreadsheet. Right, you gotta have. You, there's got to be an element. The spreadsheet's great. I I'll love t- it. And I'll it, dare it you, it's very useful. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta watch. I mean, it cha- that changes the number completely, and all of a sudden, his popularity would be through the roof, and his price would probably be. He'd probably be in the nine k range. What, what I mean, he'd probably. What do you think he'd be? A, where Kisner? Is? A, maybe, maybe nine flat. I don't know. He'd definitely be ahead of McCarthy.
0: It, his his course history is just as good as. Kisner's is and he he's playing just as well, if not better, for a longer period of time. Kisner has two good starts in a row. McNeely had, would, in theory, have four good starts in a row. Uh, right. Obviously, Kisner's a proven winner on the PGA Tour. and McNeely's looking to break through, but yeah, I just I love when you bring that up, Greg. It's just like such a perception versus reality situation that we have on a a, a missed three and a half footer and a guy making a quad on on the par five.
2: Yeah, and he's gonna learn from that, and he's gonna likely. I mean, I so I, I like him a little bit more than I like Denny McCarthy, um, and the the reason is simply I think he's a little bit better off the tee. Um, I, I like what he's done on the green. Denny Denny puts so well all the time. It's you know it's like it, it's not like a boost of confidence when he's I've gained sixteen strokes in a row putting. He like he'll remember the Sony Open because he didn't putt well. Uh, he he did he does actually, um, but it, with with McNeely, I feel like this recent stre- uh, stretch of three in a row game putting, even though he missed a three and a half footer. Um, it, I I this just it also just feels like the right kind of tournament for McNeely. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. My hope is that the T49 takes his ownership down a little bit. We know what happened. And everybody watching and listening knows what happened now. But um, we'll keep it a secret. So I, I'm I'm right there with Sia. I love Denny. I love McNeely. Um, but I put McNeely above Denny to me. Now, Thigala and Riley, I wonder, I don't know if, I don't know what's going on with Thigala. But I've heard m- some murmurings that he might be hurt. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if there's any validity to that. But it has me worried. Um, I, I liked him last week, unfortunately. So, and Davis Riley, I feel like I just am on the wrong. We're just on the wrong foot. I'm just wrong on Davis Riley. And, and again, I liked him last week too. And I thought he had a chance to really go out and win. So it, it, if I fade him this week, it's personal, right? It's emotional from last week. But what I would tell you is, you don't do that. You don't let, la- you don't let your last shot affect the next shot. And so I I'm comfortable to go. Well, I'm personally not, but I'm, I'm okay with going back to Davis Riley. It might actually be a really good spot for him. But, um, I know Sia said there wasn't really anybody playable in the lower end of the eight K range, but I, I love Mark Hubbard, uh, at eight, at eight flat. I mean, yeah, you look at what he's done. It's just getting from, you look at approach and putting and it's just getting darker and darker green as you get more recent, which I really like. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's every event since the at Byron Nelson. So that's six and six in a row. Um, and, and the Barracuda isn't a measured event and he came in fourth. So you have a 13th, a fourth uh, and a third in his last three events. I, that's, that's pretty good. And he also has a nice finish here uh a tied twelfth in 2020. So I I think Mark Hubbard could be a really I think he could be a really good play. Um but other other than that I agree about the lower eight K. Uh
0: if you just look at just raw strokes gain total, uh there are the uh, last 24 rounds, which has been honestly quite predictive recently. I think like three of the last four winners have been have led the field in strokes gained over the last 24 rounds before they won, like the, the week leading into it. Uh Final's number one leading in this week. Zalatoris is number two, Mark Hubbard's number three. Now you'll have to decide because that's Barracuda, Barbasol, John Deere, Travelers, and uh Canadian Open and a Corn Ferry event, but it's still a lot of really good play. And we talk about it all the time, Greg. Doesn't really matter. Like, like these guys gain confidence from playing well. It doesn't matter if it's against you and I or if it's in a PGA tournament.
2: Yeah, because they're shooting low scores. Yeah. Um, when you're going to a golf course like this. I mean, if you're going to the country club, I have a, t- a totally different outlook on this. Um, if you're going to you know, the Southern Hills, it's a completely different outlook because now your step, the golf course is stepping up a notch, right? And there are some other skill sets that are really important and the crowds are a little bit bigger and everything's different. But At Rocket Mortgage, I mean, this is, uh, at Detroit Golf Club, this is right up his alley. So I think this is all systems go um, and and carry on. And I think it's a fair price. And again, I I like him more than I like, and it pains me to say, Hadwin, Simpson, Henley, Woodland. I like him more than Siwoo Kim, Chris Kirk. Um, So I I think in that range, he kind of stands out to me.
1: Can wow. I just say, um, Rick, I think DraftKings tricked me again because it says it says out next to his name on DraftKings. And so I actually. Oh, I out. Out. was from. I don't week. think he's out, though. I, I think from that's week, just. I think. Right. Uh-huh. So that's why I actually didn't consider him when I was doing my research earlier today and last night. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, Greg, if he's playing, which I, I think he is. Um, I will say this, though. At that price range, he's going to be in sort of that Brandon Steele mode, who was 8,300 last week, where people are going to be like, wow, what a great bargain. He rates out so well because he does rate out really well in my model, too, and the metrics speak to that. So it's just one of those things to watch out for. Anytime you have like 7K-ish chalk, which I think 8K qualifies as, uh, not technically, but you know whatever, yeah. uh, it's something to watch out for if the ownership goes super high. Uh, yeah, and right
2: obviously now, we got to watch if he's playing or not.
1: As of right now, he's yeah. still in. I
0: believe what happens on on DraftKings is if a guy WDs or for any re- you know for any reason the week before those those injury designations linger. They don't get updated yeah. again until like Tuesday. But it's very deceptive if you're looking at pricing on Monday because it looks like they're out, but it's generally from last week. So I I'd have to go back, but I think he withdrew. Did he withdraw from the three M Open? He must have. He, he must have. have. Yeah, I'll go back and I'll go back and look we'll at it. Uh, yeah. The other thing is, I want to put a bow on Maverick because You guys will like this. Uh, I got, I've received an email like a year ago where a guy said, "Hey Rick, can you can you show Olympic scoring on your website?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "What the hell is Olympic scoring? Like, what are you talking about?" And he said, "Every round, can you take out?" the best score on a whole and the worst score on a hole, so that it gives us an idea of like, just get getting rid of those outliers. Like you'd get rid of McNeely's nine and you'd probably also get rid of like an Eagle that he made earlier in the round. So kind of get rid of some of the flukier stuff. And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. Like my computer probably does not have the processing power to pull that off. But like when it does, I will get back to you on that. Cause I, I, I like the idea of it. And I think that works for McNeely.
1: And a quick note on Maverick McNeely, something I just sort of randomly looked at. So you you notice in the last three tournaments, he's gained pretty significantly with the putter. But if you break it down by round, which again, you can do on rickrungood.com, He's gained 10 out of the last 12. So it's not like some sort of like random variance thing where he's gaining big here and he's losing and he's gaining and he's losing. He's gaining like again, it's a small sample size, it's three tournaments, but we, I just think it's interesting to break it down by round only because this tournament I think sort of calls for it to look at the putter. What what are people doing with the putter? So he's a gainer, big time. Big time. Uh
0: Mark Hubbard yeah. did withdraw from the 3M open. So that that injury designation is lingering. From last week, so don't get all uh, don't get all turned around by that. That'll go away probably tomorrow on kicks.
2: So, but, but if there was an injury last week, I'm going to keep an eye on that ownership on him, Sia. If that gets too high, then I, I'm I can definitely pivot, I don't right? Because it's an injury. No, okay. I
0: think what happens is so this is weird. So Michael Kim's in the same situation where mm. uh, these guys might end up sprinting to the fit. There is not a corn fairy event this week. So they had to take like their natural rest spot to then probably sprint to the finish line of the last five corn fairy events to try to secure the card. I think Hubbard's in that same boat. So I'm not sure it was an injury more so than it was just rest because he will now probably play five or six straight weeks.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And he does, he does that. He plays like I think I was looking at it when one of his other top ten I might have him mixed up with uh with Troy Merritt. But I think he plays like every single week. Yeah, thirty two he played thirty two events last year.
0: Yeah. I, I think I'm thinking of Troy Merritt. Anyway, I digress. Uh let me just yeah. Okay. So that's what I think is happening. So I don't I don't I have not heard of an injury or at least he did not disclose one because I'm also looking at his WD. So he did not disclose an injury, nor did he necessarily have to. But I, I believe it is it is rest related. He,
2: and He is 81st in the FedEx Cup. So I don't think it'd be a corn fairy tour thing.
0: Uh, you're right. Yeah, he's actually almost better in the FedEx Cup standings than he is in the corn fairy standings. I just looked it yeah. up. So it's it's Michael Kim. I was thinking about who took the week off for. Yeah, rest. I think I think I think Hubbard's fine. Seven. Okay. Kim we've got that sorted out <laughs> seven, seven <laughs> K range starts with Siwoo kim and chris kirk it goes all the way down to dylan fratelli austin smotherman adam shank uh sia no sia you got first crack of the last two tiers greg why don't you take first crack at the 7k range what do we find
2: okay so i got a really big list um one of them would be i think i think kevin streelman's very interesting at 7700. Um he's on a really good run approaching the green. He finished second at the at the Barbasol and here at the Rocket Mortgage I believe he also yeah tied 35th, right? So that that was okay. Um and the putter hasn't been, you know, we're not checking every box here, but it's two out of the last three and he gained over 5 at the Barbasol. So I'm I'm very interested in him and I can't believe this but Scott Stallings. Yes. Scott Stallings looks great this week.
0: Believe it, Greg friend of the pot. Scott Stallings. Believe it.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about he gained in the last two putting gained in the last three approaching the green three, uh, four out of the last five approaching the green. Um, So, and it tied fourth and a tied eighth in his last two starts. I I think this is, this is screaming Scott Stallings.
0: Look at, Look at his last six, okay? Three missed cuts, three top eights. The missed cuts, U.S. Open, Memorial, PGA Championship. The yep. three top eights, John Deere, Travelers, Charles Schwab. Hmm, Greg, which which one of, which categories, <laughs> of those categories do we think the Rocket Mortgage falls into?
2: Well, I, maybe we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, the one where he finishes in the top ten. I agree. No question. <laughs> yeah. So I love, I love the Scott Stallings play.
0: Also, um, uh, made three straight cuts here. Top 20, uh, T25 uh, last year. Sorry. Greg.
2: So, so this is, I was thinking about you, Rick, or we're thinking about each uh-huh. other. Um, <laughs> the, this is the pricing thing that we talked about last week to a T where everybody gets bunched in. Cause the 10, nine eight ranges are so small and it's just like pick pick your guy here and i'm looking at this streelman stallings i'm very interested in champ personally uh you you got tom kim like any of those four players i'm i'm interested in all four of them uh i mean look at what look at what tom kim has been doing it's three in a row approaching the green it's um it's it's Three out of the last four put in, and at the three M, he lost barely. He basically was even. It was basically zero. This play has been really steady for him across the board, uh, and and he's hungry. He's chomping at the bit. He has that um, a conditional status where he can play as many sponsor exemptions as he want. Uh, that that's attractive. And then with Cam Champ, you're just looking at an extremely high ceiling. A guy who last week at the three M Open started off with a seventy five. Battled back to make the cut, and he gained um, he gained strokes, I believe in all four approaching the green, and if it wasn't, it was the last three, and he gained in the last three putting. So Camp Champ like found a spark, and that is the kind of thing that can lead to a win for him before he takes another hiatus
0: correct right he is a he is a breadcrumb guy he leaves one breadcrumb he wins and then he hibernates for 12 months yeah and he leaves a breadcrumb he wins and he hibernates for for 10 or 11 months uh i think we might have seen the breadcrumb last week I,
2: i think so too
0: And Greg, I mean, I know he won at TPC Twin Cities. I'd argue this is a better spot for him. Would you concur with that?
2: Yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Um, You know, I I thought that TPC Twin Cities would have a a distance element to it. And what I had seen with winners was long hitters have won. But somebody was, uh, you know, sending me tweets. And, you know, it it means there's very few courses where distance means less uh, than TPC Twin Cities um, and so he was calling me out on that and the a big part of the reason is all of the hazards and all the penalty areas. But we don't really have that this week and so all of a sudden, a guy like Cam Champ, who can be extremely hot and extremely cold maybe there's a a chance that the cold is wiped away a little bit because he's not gonna make he's not gonna make a nine here, hopefully. <laughs>
0: Hopefully not. If you make a nine, if you make a nine here, you are in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. You something happened? Maybe you a five putted. Because I was gonna say, because you didn't do it with penalty strokes. You like, yeah, you five or six it, I think. Right. Oh, Maybe
2: no. your ball gets stuck in a tree. I'm not even sure that's
0: possible here. Uh, I but anyway, you, I I, I agree with you, Rick. It? You left the bracket. What odds could we get that no one makes a nine this week? <laughs> 156 guys, you know.
2: I don't know. We'll figure it out. I, you'd have to look. Is there like a, a sponsor's exemption that you're not? Nobody's making a nine out here. I don't I, think I'd i make a nine out there. I'm not sure what those numbers would be.
0: <sighs> um, I forgot to mention. So, Tom Kim, uh, if you're looking for him on DraftKings, is Joo Hyung Kim. Tom Kim's uh, his self-appointed nickname. So if you refer, hear us refer to Tom Kim and you're looking for a Tom Kim and you're not finding it, try Ju Hyung Kim.
1: He's $7,600. See ya. Uh, the 7K range is yours. So I don't love the top of this range. It's more the bottom where I want to head to. But I, I will note... I'm curious to see where Scott Stallings' ownership is because I think he might be one of the more popular guys. And again, I'm not saying don't play him because of that. I'm just saying monitor his ownership because again, we talked about seven. I specifically talked about seven K chalk last week. What happened to let's say Adam Svenson, for example? Um, Ju Yong Kim ended up making the cut. Godarup made the cut, but they were like on the number. So this seven K chalk can really kind of crash and burn. So just be careful with that. If guys like Scott Stallings or even Kevin Streelman get some popularity, I think this is a big enough range where they won't be super popular, but it's something to monitor. I do think Chris got her up at 7,400 if he is not super highly owned. I think he's really interesting. I think it's a good course fit for him. I think Svenson at 7,200 is really great. Go back really, to the well. Yeah, well, I wasn't on him last week and it was partly because I knew he was going to be super popular. And I'm wondering if the miscut just has people, not everybody's going to be off him, of course, but if it's just kind of a neutral ownership number. I mean, if we're talking about putting, remember when everybody thought Svensson was a bad putter? He's, yeah, I think third last twenty-four rounds in putting in, in this field. He's gained with the putter eight tournaments in a row. We know the ball striking can be kind of hit or miss, but when it's hit, it's really on. And the putter's been great, so I think Svenson at seventy-two hundred, if the ownership isn't too high, is a great guy to go back to. Sort of in that same range. One, what am I? One go second. ahead. are we sure this is Svenson? I've seen him in real life. That does not. That headshot does not look like him. Is that him? You think? Do you think it's computer generated? They just threw something. Oh, I've there. seen him. He doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> that's the that's the create a player
0: version. <laughs> maybe I'm confused and I don't know. But like I've seen that guy up close. I don't know.
1: Sorry, Sierra. So you got you're you're rolling on. What else you got? Uh, I, I'm just questioning whether or not you actually met him, Rick. Whether, whether you actually, I mean, actually Maybe you saw somebody else. Yeah, me too. It was his,
2: You saw his caddy.
1: Yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> um, one of my favorite guys in this range. This is the only guy I've bet so far. Oh, I do want to point out. Uh, Denny McCarthy's odds are. Crazy. OK, so most books, he's around 35 or 40 to one. But at our favorite book, Caesars, he's still 70 to one. So if you want to bet Denny McCarthy, that is the book you should be shopping at if you can. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I, I, I And that's not the guy I bet, by the way. The guy I bet already at 85 to one is Patrick Rogers. I absolutely love the course fit for him to the extent he fails anywhere. It's around the green. He's been really good with the putter as of late. He's second in this field last 24 rounds. And honestly, we think of him as a bomber, which which he is, but the approach game, as we can see here, has really started to come around. So I I like where he is at on, on approach. Obviously, I always like where he is off the tee. Again, it's the ARG that is super red and the putter looks really really good. So he's he's one of my favorite players. Don't do, do, ARG
0: doesn't matter. Do, if you're if you're tapping into the ARG, you're are dead in the water anyway. Don't worry it about it. Better that. be a meme. So.
2: Major. Better yeah. be a major. Better be a
0: major. Exactly. Let me, let me introduce you to the better version of Patrick Rogers. His name oh, is Callum. Sh- His name is Callum Taran, uh, who is also quite long off the tee. Who is also quite good on approach. Who also puts well. And he is, just in case, a little bit better. ARG. Uh, T seven <laughs> at the three M Open. T twenty two at the Barracuda. T six at the John Deere. He sprinkled a missed cut in there. I'm not too
1: worried about it. Uh, this this guy. Yeah. This is this is the guy right here. <laughs> Colin has been great and, and I think he's going to be an interesting pivot off maybe some, some chalkier low 7K guys. I'm hoping Patrick Rogers doesn't get chalky. I don't think I move the needle too much. We'll see uh, who else has anything to say about him as this week rolls on. But I do like him sort of in that lower tier. I think Grayson Sig is, is a great play here, especially on this course. He was great last week, too. He's finished 7th, 26th, 27th, 16th yeah. over his last four tournaments. The ball striking has been incredible. The putting has been very good. So give me some more of Grayson, Siegfried and Roy. Go ahead. I love this field. It's just like yeah. all the
0: we're finally all all the guys we love are finally playing well. Like and Chris, yes. King, who started off really bad this year. Remember that mm-hmm. he he got his tour card last year and then like was horrible
1: to start the new season. Like he's
0: finally playing. Like this is it. It's happening. All of our guys are playing well.
1: Uh, and speaking of all of our guys, well, here comes Hank Lebiota. Yep. Who I think part of the time I bring him up, it's kind of a bit, and, but it's not really because I do think he's a, a talented player. He's gained ball striking five tournaments in a row, not in a significant way. So I, I want to put that qualifier out there. Um, He's gained with the putter four out of the last five. So we're starting in the finishing positions. They, they haven't been great, but we're starting to see the Hank Lebiota of last summer before he had to withdraw from, I guess it was the 3M open and then everything just kind of went off the rails for him. So Lebiota, Smotherman's another guy I like with good ball striking. This bottom-end range, I'll, I'll just recap. Grayson Sig, Adam Svensson, even Trey Mullinax, I like. Patrick Rogers, Um, I think they're all in play. Leviota Smotherman, they're all in play for me.
2: I, so I, I wrote down 12 guys in the 7K <laughs> range that I liked, <laughs> at least mildly. I mean, it's just it's so many. Uh, and I'm thinking the same cool thing lineup. as you, Rick. I'm laughing. <laughs> what I really like is um, uh, uh, Lebiota is one that we both mentioned. Svensson is one we both mentioned, and that's it <laughs> right I mean i i am gonna go back to the well on Wyndham Clark uh, I think he's really showing the uh he's really showing the signs I'm I, a few of these names I wrote down I'm mildly interested in like Dylan Fratelli I'm mildly interested in now I'm very interested in um in ct pan mm-hmm he really has my interest. You look at what he's done of late. Well, we know he's a great ball striker. He's had a couple of off performances at the at the Travelers and the 3M, where he lost over three sh- strokes approaching the green. But other than that, it's been phenomenal, and the putting has been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's what is that? Uh, six of the last seven events, he's gained strokes putting. When when C T Pan gets that rolling, uh look out. So he's definitely a guy that I have on my list. Uh and Rick, your your sleeper from last year, Michael Glickick, Uh should be
0: last year um, from last week. Last, last week. week. Did I say oh, last yeah, year? I was, like, yeah. I was like, really? I've been talking about Michael Glickick for a whole year. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I don't I don't remember that far back. But I mean, look at this. This is how, how is this guy 7,000? He is on fire. And so I'm uh, like I'm jumping on the bandwagon and I you, I'm sure that it did really well for you last week with his yeah. T16. It might do better this week.
0: Gliggs, he's on fire. Let's go. Fire him up. Anybody else in the 7 carriage? We got to do the 6s still. The 6s aren't the 6s aren't as exciting. Um yeah, Doug, uh, Doug Gim,
2: I'm interested in still. Yeah. I liked what I saw out of him last week. Um
0: but we can go to the 6s. All right. $6,000 range. Brandon Wu, friend of the pod, Bryce Garnett, Chesson Hadley, Hayden Buckley, JJ spawn at the top. The min price guys, Jeff Ogilvie's in this field. Martin trainer in this field. Sung you'll know this is criminal, by the way, he's made like at least five cuts in a row. He's $6,000 criminal criminal. Look at this. Kieran at Effie barnrad Hasn't made a cut that appears on the cheat sheet. <laughs> and wow. Sung Yul will knows made at least five. Okay. We'll look up Sung Yul will know real quick. Uh, He's, he's making an appearance in a few minutes. For One, us. two, three, four, five straight cuts. He is horrible off the tee. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, how is he that bad? Is he really short or really inaccurate? Oh my god, he's like he's like the worst driver on tour. Like accuracy, <laughs> that might that might be okay. Greg. Is that okay, Greg? Can we get away? Mm-hmm. With like literally the worst accuracy driver on tour. Well, it
2: can be. This is a tree-lined golf course, which means. If you miss a really big, you can get into some open, you can get into some openings, but that, that always worries me. I mean, when, when you see, uh, the spray gun come out like that, it can get, it can get problematic. I also think that it could inflate approach numbers cause you're in, you're in, coming out of really bad spots. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not like you're flagging it from the fairway. Sometimes I think Jordan Spieth gets in this camp where he's hitting it out of play or used to anyway, where he's hitting it into trouble and then hitting it on, you know, to 30 feet and he's gaining a a lot. It looks like he's just stuffing it in there, but he's not. So, I yeah, I I, that worries me a little bit with him. But look, this is a a guy at six six k six k (laughs) flat. I mean checks the box approach the green checks the box put in i am not even looking at it off the t if,
0: if you if you gave me any one of these last five results right now you said rick for $6000 you randomly get one of these five t38 55 t t41 t43 t35 i'd accept that
2: yeah. any any of them any of absolutely them. yeah and look that's a really interesting strategy you. Um, and, and you can wipe out a lot of other um, risky plays here.
0: Uh, let's find some other
1: plays. See you. Top of the 6K, middle of the 6K, where should we go? Yeah, this is an interesting range. I like Chesson Hadley again. I liked him a lot last week, and and he was, he's was he been good for a few weeks now at 6,900. Lee Hodge is at 6,800. David Lipsky at 6,800. Uh, the only – you know, Scott Piercy is an interesting one. I mean, he was really dominant last week with the exception of, you know, maybe the last five holes of his tournament. So this does seem like a good course fit for him, especially if he's sort of changed his game around. And I don't think a lot of people will be – going to Scott Piercy, they just it's just not one of not a name that people are going to attach themselves to right now. So I think he's interesting at 6900. The only other name I want to bring up, a guy that's been sort of vaulting up the FedEx Cup standings but is not within the 125 yet is uh Kelly Kraft. Uh, he's been playing very well. He's coming off a T11 at the 3M Open. He's made 5 out of his last 6 cuts and uh the ball striking and the putter have been good. So that's another guy like in the 6K range.
0: Uh myron Kidd says Michael Kim is going to be his deep sleeper for this. <sighs> don't myron he withdrew so he's not in the field so that's not going to work out unfortunately i'm very sad about it greg i'm full on michael kim now i'm in i'm just like yeah, uh, yeah love- he's
2: he's been a fun story to watch for quite some time all right so i want to give you my the deepest guy other than Sung, you'll know who i'm now hold on that yeah. i'm uh, interested in and it's austin cook who i really liked last week he's at 6400 Uh, and, and he, he missed the cut by one shot, but he's gained strokes putting in four of his last five, uh, two of his last three approaching the green. He's tied 16th at the John Deere tied 27th at the Barbasol. I'm willing to take a chance. Uh, there's nothing, there's nothing there that says, yep, lock him up, but I'm, I'm personally willing to take a chance. Um, another guy that I'm willing to take a chance on at 6,700 would be Nick Taylor, uh, who's gained in four of his last five, actually five of his last six put in. Uh, and he started to have a little bit more success um, a- approaching the green since like the Wells Fargo. It's been it's been, you know, around even, which I like. Uh, and the results haven't been there yet, but I think they could pop in a week like this. He's made the cut both times he's played here. Um, and I think this Sia, you're going to love this. I think this is a Tyler Duncan week. Nice. <laughs> right. I, love it. I mean, Ty- Tyler Duncan talking game strokes, last two put in. Um, there's been a long run of, a, of approach success. The streak was broken last week, six in a row. Um, that streak was broken last week. I think that can continue. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm liking what I see out of Tyler Duncan as well. And then, I'm with you on Chesson Hadley, and I also like Hayden Buckley. Hayden Buckley might be my favorite play in this range. I think he has the most upside in the in the six K range.
0: Tyler Duncan, Hayden, yes, on Hayden Buckley. Tyler Duncan is first on the PGA Tour on approaches from 225 to 250 yards. Guess how many attempts that is? Six. I I that's why I looked it up because I thought it was going to be six. It's actually quite a bit more than that. Really? Yeah. Well, he's also a very short hitter, so yeah. he gets more opportunities. <laughs> Maybe that's true. not good. It's forty-six. Wow. I know from two twenty-five to two fifty. That's what I said, Tyler. Uh, Colin Morikawa, number two. Take that, Colin Morikawa. <laughs> he only has thirty-one attempts. And look at this, Kyle Stanley, third. He only has seventeen attempts. Mm. Kyle Stanley, my guy. How many Kyle like-
2: Stanley, you know what? I, I was looking up something last night, I think for Tony now And Kyle Stanley was like second on tour. I, mean, I think Kyle Stanley's second on tour in round four scoring average. Get out of town. Yeah, I think so. It's only like six rounds.
0: Well, he's, he's only made the weekend six times. Uh he is round four scoring. Second on tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four rounds it's not even six. yo it's four. Oh, geez <laughs> oh boy all right we have to get to a very special portion of the show and you're not going to want to miss this it's the most special portion of the special show that we've ever seen so this is where we enter our uh, narrative lineups this thing has been evolving it's been growing we've been getting uh weekly entries that are seemingly better than the last. So we've got a handful that we want to showcase as usual here, Producer Troy. Do we have those narratives? Thank you very much. Sia Najad, yours is first. Uh, you are rolling with a
1: Detroit-based theme, it appears. That's right. Rocket Mortgage takes place in Detroit, obviously. A Rocket Mortgage LLC headquartered in Detroit, Detroit Icons. So we got the real slim Ramey. That's, uh, obviously that's the. Slim, shady. yeah. Um, Denny Rodman McCarthy. That's Dennis Rodman, of course, who before he was with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. He started off with the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys, if you will. We got Chrysler Kirk. Of course, Chrysler is based in uh, Detroit, Michigan. We got Doc Redman, otherwise known as Doc Redwing for the Detroit Redwings. We've got Charlie Jimmy man. Jimmy Hoffa being from the Detroit area. And then finally, well, this is fitting, Taylor Rocket Mortgage. That's the narrative lineup.
0: I like that. Uh,
1: that's good. Also, uh Little
0: Caesars, I think, is based out of Detroit. Pizza Pizza, Ooh, I believe. It's mm. too bad we don't have a
1: Caesar in the field. Hmm. Hmm.
0: We'll work on that. Joseph, L- is that an L O Loparo
1: mm-hmm.
0: says when I think of Detroit, I think of eight mile. Oh, and I think of amazing rap artists. Brandon Wu-Tang Clan, Killer Cameron Young, JZ Day, or LL Cool J Day. That, that's the one I like. <laughs> yeah. <Cool> Day. <sighs> this is good. Ludacris Kirk. <sighs> that's good. Uh, Dr. Dre Redman. That's great. Doc Redman. Will Smith Zaltoros. Uh, very good. Very strong. John Markowski thinks mortgages, thinks home buying, and as he tends to do, goes with these phrases Tony, do we pay the application fee now or at closing? <laughs> Max, do we need to buy Homa owner's insurance? Dill, lean, Fratelli. <laughs> Chris, sweet, we got her up to the asking price. <laughs> Where does he come up with these? Wow. Uh, Grayson is a wet signature required. That's pretty good. Uh, Kevin, the money of this home is Tway over our budget. Or the price of this home, I guess, is what he's going for there with the dollars. Love that. Pretty good, John Markowski. But uh, these are all losers. Sorry, John. Sorry, Joseph. Sorry, Sia. Because David uh, has submitted the winner here. And this is a take on uh, the Elton John classic Rocket Man, in which he doles out the lyrics, uh, including six different golfers. But who who am I to read this when we could literally just have Sia's wife sing it to us? Uh, So hit it, Troy.
1: And I think it's going to
2: be a long, long time. Touchdown, bring.
0: Not Damon, they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. Austin's mother, man. Mother, man. Brandon, who's up here along his own.
2: Strokes gain narrative.
0: <laughs> How good is that? Yes. Encore, encore.
1: Very well done. What a boy. Let's Uh, go. uh, It was pretty great. Thank you to David Bileski, who gave me sort of the inspiration. He throws out a narrative, and I'm thinking, well, I know my wife Gigi loves Elton John. She loves to play the guitar, and I know she knows uh, how to play Elton John songs. So I just handed her this on my iPad, and I said, hey, you think you can sing that real quick? And I don't know if you noticed from when I posted it to when David Bileski actually posted this Strokes Gay narrative, there was like an hour and a half time difference. She just did it real quick, and that was that. I was able to post it, and uh, we're really taking this Strokes Gay narrative thing to a new level, and I think it's super fun.
0: Yeah, GG, well done. Also, I don't know how anyone can, like, I don't know what we're going to do to top this. Uh, this has evolved over the last couple <laughs> of months, and we have, we've broken through whatever wall that is where David can write lyrics and Gigi can sing them. This is uh, unbelievable
1: pretty cool new, I we found, found new heights. I, I found myself literally turning my mic up as as she was singing which is just kind of a, a cool moment for me.
0: Austin Smotherman is so it's like that's like the perfect it's so good. I love it I'm'll never to unhear it. that. I Rick know. you'll never unhear that and, like, uh, I, I see Ricky Fowler I think Ricky Fowler yes. right
2: Smotherman. the only thing I wish about this was that uh, Adam Long was in the field yeah that's my one regret
1: we got uh, a sung you'll know in there though greg with the the homa to sung you'll know transition it's 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 hard to notice that but yeah if you read it it's in there you got to
0: know what you're looking for yeah so good so good all right well listen i can't top that so we're gonna end the show um tuesday mega preview pod for the rocket mortgage you've got to have your fan vote in for the one and done link in the description go get it go vote see if you can take down mark uh, otherwise, we'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to keep you covered all week long. For now, producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme is available at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.